0: I invite you now to take a Bible and to open it to the last book in the Bible, Revelation. We'll be reading the first chapter together. Again, if you're just visiting us today, uh, we're here in Revelation in Christmas time because as a church family, we've been going through the New Testament and looking at each letter, how it begins and how it ends. And so now that we're here, uh, at the end of the year, we're here at the last book of the Bible, um, considering how it uh, begins and then next week how it ends. And it's an invitation, we hope, to you to to read through it, uh, even uh, throughout the week and consider everything that's said in the middle. Um, but we're going to read Revelation chapter 1. The Revelation of Jesus Christ John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who was, who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by His blood and His Made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like a burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet, though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And that's what we'll conclude our reading for this morning. It is the closing book of our recorded canon of scripture and so it is uh, the final word that the Apostle John gives uh, to the followers of Jesus that we have to meditate on. Some people are intimidated by it, rightly so. It's a pretty unique book in, in wading through it. Uh, but hopefully, even in just this beginning, if you're unfamiliar with the content of all that's going to come forward, ultimately the tone and uh, the purpose behind it, which is to encourage all of us, to give us a vision of who Jesus is and therefore why we can trust him has already come through. John's main purpose is not to confuse us or give us a bunch of riddles that we can't understand. Uh, His main purpose is that as we think about Jesus and we remember the good news that he came and was for us, that we also realize that he is still living and ruling and reigning, that he is still with us. And that part of even the purpose of what we celebrate at Christmas time, the, the humility of Jesus to come and to be born as a baby. And that when we set up our nativity scenes and see this opportunity to remember just how fragile the baby Jesus was, how humble the circumstances were in which he was born that as we celebrate that and remember it, that we also don't lose sight of just how great and awesome he is. That we don't think of him only as humble and fragile, but that we recognize the real wonder that he came as a baby is because he is in fact so powerful, so strong and steady, so faithful through all the ages and that he could somehow in kindness to you and me come in such a simple way was not because he's weak but because it invites you and me to then not be intimidated and never come to him but rather to see him in that way so that you and I would say I think anybody can come to him. Anybody who's willing can come to him he can make himself accessible to anybody so that if he revealed himself in all of his power and glory like we even have here at the end of this chapter, um, most of, all of us, if we saw it, would be afraid. We'd be intimidated. And so in his graciousness, he reveals himself in in his flesh in a way that makes all of us uh, feel more able to be drawn to him. And the first thing that John says in this prophecy about Jesus, the first vision that he wants to uh, share with all of us, is one, that the blessing remains. And the reason I put it this way, that the blessing remains, uh, this is what he had said, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written. Uh, this reality that there is blessing in hearing and doing the word is not simply true of what he's about to record in Revelation, but this is actually the foundation of where blessing has always been. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden, he gave them all of the capacity to enjoy the world that he had created and he put before them a test if they would believe that real blessing is found in hearing and and in keeping his word. And if they would do what he said, they would experience the fullness of all that he offered. But if they ignored and rejected his word and did not do what he said, that there would be a consequence and there would be a punishment. And that punishment for them being banished from the garden is now something that all of us uh, face the full ramifications of. That we know that we don't live in paradise. We don't live in a place where everything is the way it should be. But the blessing remained. It's there that when we hear and keep the word of God, he promises to keep us in relationship with him and in relationship with one another and in relationship with the created order. And no longer in the garden in Genesis, but Psalm 1 opens uh, saying the very same thing. Uh, this psalm is thought by many to be the, the, the first psalm as sort of the introduction to all of the other psalms. But this is what we read in Psalm 1. "'Blessed is the one who walks not "'in the counsel of the wicked, "'nor stands in the way of sinners, "'nor sits in the seat of scoffers, "'but his delight is in the law of the Lord. "'And on his law he meditates day and night. "'He is like a tree planted by streams of water,' that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. So in the early pages of Genesis, we have this promise that there is blessing in following the Lord, that he'd given them many, many trees to partake of, but they wanted to partake of the one thing that they were forbidden from, And here in Psalm 1, again, this promise that there is blessing for those who delight in the law of the Lord, that they themselves will be like a tree of life, a tree that's always alive, a tree that's always producing fruit. And so here, John, in his final word, tells us that the blessing that has been pronounced from the beginning And in the middle, and now here at the end, it remains. There's a blessing for you and for me if we not only hear the word, but in hearing it, we receive it and accept it, and we do it and allow it to actually impact our lives. It was never meant to be given to us as simply information so that we would feel smarter, it was meant to be given to us as instruction so that we would grow wiser. And God is not interested in creating a bunch of followers who have really, really big heads, but no substance or, or life behind it to show for what they know. And we live in a day and age where it is possible to get information amazingly fast. I mean, you can look up, if you don't know something, uh, information pretty, pretty quickly. You can find out things that are happening across the globe uh, almost instantaneously if you want to look up a sports score or different events that are taking place across the world but I think if we polled everybody in the room and said with all that information do you feel like we're becoming wiser as a human race most of us say I'm not sure our level of wisdom is growing at uh, our level of knowledge and information well that's not just true now that's always been true There are so many things that even though we know they're right we struggle to actually do them. And that's part of our humanity. And so this refrain of scripture to say again and again, the blessings, not just to read the Bible and put it away and say, oh, I learned something about Israel or I learned something about Jesus. The blessing that remains <clears throat> is that for all of us who hear the word <clears throat> and do the word, that we'll see it lived out, we'll see the wisdom applied and then we'll recognize that he's telling us things for our own good. Uh, I've shared before in these last couple weeks because it's the most immediate uh, sort of illustration that's in my mind as I'm having the opportunity to coach uh, my boys' basketball teams. They just play a game every Saturday morning and we're still working on defense. Uh, And no matter how many times I tell them, there's five of you and there's five of them so every one of you just needs to pick somebody and if somebody has that person you need to pick somebody else but there's we don't need two people on anybody but we need one person on everybody and we're still working on that no matter how many times uh, I say it uh, a ball will be given to somebody and they're just wide open and they take it down the lane and they put a, a layup up for a pretty easy point Uh, And I've learned in that process that when they're out there and they're in the midst of it, they're still not listening to me no matter how much I'm yelling. And so yesterday, again, was another example to, uh, to point out to those who weren't in the game yet to say, this still applies. You still need to pay attention to this. Did you now see how they made that mistake? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Okay, so when you guys get out there, show me that you can do a better job. But the goal is not just to make uh, them smarter about basketball, it's they're about to go out there. There's a clock running. And uh, it's also interesting, we just seem to have all the quiet parents on our team. And so even though this isn't actually school-based teams, we are pretty much the away team every game. And so if the other team scores, there's like this, wow. And then if our kids score, it's, it's nothing. Like all of our parents are the quiet uh, parents and uh, which is okay. It's another good lesson for them to learn that uh, there is a clock running. They have to figure this out. And at times, they're even in an environment that's not necessarily excited for them to do well. And that's something that also comes out here in John's letter. He says that the blessing remains for those who hear the word of God and keep it. But when we read a little bit further, you could say, hey, John, hold up. What do you mean the blessing is still there? You're actually. Isolated on an island because of the word of God. You've actually gotten in trouble. Your life has actually become more difficult because of the word of God. Because he says later that Jesus was on the, uh, that John uh, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And so he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So if John would have been tempted, he could have said, I'm, I'm really struggling to think that the blessing does remain because I've been faithful to the word, I've been teaching the word, and it's actually now gotten me in trouble. So what he's been, he's not in prison in a cell, but he's right now on an island where people are saying, we don't like what this guy's doing and so we want him as far away from other people as possible. But that doesn't cause John to say, The blessing has diminished or the blessing no longer continues, he opens up by saying, don't look at me and my life's circumstance and hear that I am on an island and think that somehow God has broken his promise. He's keeping that promise to me like he's kept it to all of his servants. And actually, sometimes it's when we're in the hardest moments that we realize just how amazing and sacred the blessing really is. And so many of the psalms that we encounter written by David were uh, written as he experienced the closeness of God when he was running from Saul. When he was in a situation and a circumstance that he would not have desired for himself. And here John is on an island, for sure missing a whole lot of people. And so there's plenty of places he'd rather be. But still, in that circumstances, he has this conviction to say, but you know where I really, really want to be? I want to be in the center of God's will. It's not that I want to be on this island because there's anything great about it. But I've learned that God is with me, whether I'm on this island or whether I'm on the mainland. God is with me, whether I'm addressing a large group of people and they all seem to be listening, or I'm all by myself. I don't get to hear the voices of anybody else. I don't get to sing songs with them. That in in that very moment, the revelation of Jesus Christ comes to him to lift up his spirit, to say to John, there's no place you can go where I'm not with you. And so that blessing that we, if we hear and absorb and live out the word of God in our lives, we are reminded of those truths, that he is with us in each and every circumstance. That's part of what we celebrate in this time of year, the good news that he is Emmanuel. Uh, I have a habit now of just the past uh, few weeks of working on a hymn a week with our kids so that as they're going to bed, I'm just trying to get them to memorize uh, the verses of different songs that I learned as a kid. And so one of the, the one we've been working on this past week is the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And one of the good things about just working through each hymn is that regularly there's words that they might be able to repeat, uh, just like I did as a kid, but it doesn't mean I understand them. And so just asking them, what, what does it mean that he's Emmanuel. And so they gave different answers uh, to it, their best uh, guesses. And said, well, what we're celebrating is that he's with us, that God has come to be with us. He was always with us, but for all those moments, we might doubt, is he really there? Will he meet us in our needs, in our trials, in our difficulties? We celebrate again and again, of course he will because if he was willing to come and be with us in the difficulties and the brokenness of the first century born to his parents who had such a little earthly means and then for their whole family to be threatened by Herod and have to flee to Egypt and all the circumstances of his life that he went through it reminds us that he really loves us and that he's gonna keep on keeping his promises to us the blessing really does remain, <clears throat> just like it remained for Jesus even in the circumstances of Gethsemane and Golgotha all the way to the resurrection. That blessing is for us to follow after him, to hear his word, to put it to the test in our lives, that over time we wouldn't grow smarter, but we would grow Wiser, We would apply what we know to the people and the circumstances around us. And so just like John needed to hear that while he was isolated on the island, seven churches are about to hear this as part of what's gonna be revealed is a message to those seven churches. And the majority of those messages are points of correction, repentance, and growth that needs to happen on the part of those churches. And you'd think, you know, now that we're at the, the last book of the Bible and so much has been revealed, you know, we, we would almost have this expectation, like, of course everybody's doing good at this point, you know. The story's about to have, like, a nice bow put on it and everybody's doing okay. And then you read the message to these seven churches and you're like, wow, they're still a mess. They, they don't seem to actually get it. They're, they're still easily tempted by all kinds of other messages and Environments And the, the New Testament in that sense almost ends in a way that the Old Testament does where you're like, yes, they've learned a lot. Yes, they've grown. But wow, there is still so much more to learn. There's still so much more to do. <clears throat> and it's not for us to look back and either tease them or make fun of them because of that. It's for us a good reminder to say, uh, we're still a mess. We're still a working project, uh, a working project. If we're still here, God is still working on us. There's areas that we have to grow, and are we open to it? Are we open to the rebuke that he might give us, the correction that he might uh, recount, the repentance that he might ask of us? Some of us think of repentance as a one-time thing, that when you come to Christ initially, you repent from all your sin, but then you live with this pressure that, well, you're not supposed to struggle anymore, and so what do you do when you keep on messing up and you keep on sinning? Well, you trust that the blessing remains. And so when you hear the word of God and keep it, and so when he calls us to repentance and he corrects us for our waywardness and he rebukes us for listening to other voices that are not his, say if you're 40, if you're 50, if you're 70 or you're 80, there's all always something we have to repent of. Which again, we know it, but it's harder to do it. Then the other message as you continue on in the book of Revelation is not only that the blessing remains, but you would see and your hearts would be encouraged that the Lamb reigns. As the message comes to the churches of the challenges that are being experienced among them and the ways they need to be corrected, John also starts to talk about challenges in the world all around us the, the evil empires that exist and uh, the, the difficulties that the people of God will go through it's part of what keeps people away from Revelation the, the visions are scary but again if you see this opening John's purpose is not to frighten ultimately anybody there's no bad news or difficult day which he describes that he believes that the Lord Jesus is not the ruler and the reigner over And so he opens up by reminding us Jesus is and was and will be. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Nothing that happens in our future is going to take him off of his throne. And that was true in the message that he was giving for all of the churches that immediately received his message. And that's true for each and every one of us. I don't know what the future holds for you, just like I don't know what the future holds for me. But I know that in the future he will reign just like he did in the past. I know as the song says that the winds and the waves still know the voice who ruled them while he dwelt below. And we need to remind each other of that, that our God reigns. There are challenges. There are difficulties in our midst. But there is no bad day greater than the power of our God to ultimately redeem and restore. And that's part of why we celebrate uh, that he is with us and that we can go forward with that sense of confidence, not in ourselves, not in our wisdom. The blessing is in his word and obedience to it. And what that word ultimately reveals that our hope is in him. And that though, even as John uh, shares, even though he died, he rose again and lives. And that we can now get this vision of him as one who's... The hairs of his head are white like wool, like snow, eyes like a flaming fire, feet like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. His voice like the roar of many waters in his right hand holding the seven stars and from his mouth coming the sharp two-edged sword and his face like the sun shining through in full strength. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for what it reveals about how great and glorious you are. We thank you that for all of the challenges that we face in this world, <clears throat> that we can trust in you and in your word to us, that you do possess eternal life, that you tell us that you love us, that you will be true and gracious and faithful to all of your promises. And as we celebrate that, this uh, holiday season, as we anticipate uh, the times that we gather together and are reminded of uh, the events that took place at your first coming, Uh, we pray even as we now spend time in Revelation and think about your second coming, that again, you would help us to go from strength to strength, from uh, joy and wonder to awe and worship we long for the day when from every tribe and tongue and nation we will be gathered around their throne singing the praises of the lamb who was slain we thank you for the foretaste that we have in this moment of that future wonder it's in your name we pray amen you can stand for one more song